Hello, I'm Claire Sands, one of the hosts of the Sign Up My podcast, and welcome to My Why, the weekly audio version of the blogs I write for thesilentwhy.com. Hello darkness, my new friend. A couple of years ago in a Facebook group for people without children, someone posted a copy of the poem Grief. I took a screenshot because it spoke to me in a way that I wasn't really expecting. Then, when chatting to Sue Brain on episode one of The Silent Why, she said something that reminded me of it again, and today I looked it up to find the author. Turns out it was written by Gwen Flowers. What a wonderful surname. Grief. I had my own notion of grief. I thought it was the sad time that followed the death of someone you love. And you had to push through it to get to the other side. But I'm learning there is no side. There is no pushing through. But rather, there is absorption, adjustment, acceptance. And grief is not something you complete, but rather you endure. Grief is not a task to finish and move on, but an element of yourself, an alteration of your being, a new way of seeing, a new definition of self. The concept that struck me when I first read it was that we don't get to the other side of grief. We absorb it, adjust to it, and finally accept it. It just so happened I was at this point in my journey with childlessness, among other losses, but no one had really explained the situation quite like this to me. It was a revelation. It was okay to not be over it. But it was also okay to be trying to move on. They weren't mutually exclusive. I realised that my definition of self had changed. I wasn't ever going back to who I had been before, because life was different now. It was literally impossible to return to normal one day. My ifs and whens had changed. Parts of our imagined future had been erased. I wouldn't view family life in the same way again. And people's words had new meanings and new unexpected sadnesses attached to them. Like most grief, being childless was different to how people imagined it for us, and we had to make our peace with knowing there would never be a way of fully explaining it to others. But don't read this and feel sad about it, because through all the processing and the pain and the complications of coming to terms with something you lost, but never really had in the first place, I'll save that messy processing for another blog, there was a peace settling in, an acceptance of life not being what we hoped for, but equally realising that different didn't have to mean worse. In our chat with Sue Brain, she said this. Grief is lifelong. This isn't going to stop Stop tomorrow. tomorrow. (laughs) You know, it'll come back at every stage of life because that's what grief does. It's it's an ongoing thing that you learn to live with. I look at the grief that I've had in my life. It walks beside my shoulder. It is my life companion. And I want it to be, actually, because I want it to remind me of, of who I am and the life that I lead. Some might think the lesson that grief is lifelong must be very depressing. But actually, when you're in the messy, confusing middle of it, there's a weird sort of comfort in this new dark friend that you've acquired. I definitely think that he's a he, and I imagine him in a dark bromance with the Grim Reaper. So yes, he's not exactly the ideal afternoon tea companion, but at the same time, he understands where I'm at, and when you accept his presence, rather than trying to fight him away, there's a sort of peace in this new relationship. Sue's right, he's not going anywhere, he's part of life, and at times will be bigger than I'd like him to be, sucking the joy out of moments that might otherwise have been fun in another dimension. But then occasionally, and maybe even more and more, you'll look over at him and think... 
If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this right now. And you'll feel a sense of gratefulness and share a precious moment that you didn't expect. For those of you that have seen the Pixar Disney film Inside Out, I see him like the character of Sadness, who turned out to be a valuable link between the emotions. And of course, not fully complete without joy there too. I'm going to share with you some quotes from our podcast that show how others view their grief. Sue Brain, on episode one, said, This is my life story. My life story. This makes a bloody big chunk in the chapter, and I'm really happy with that. I'm very happy to have it in my life story now. That the wounds I carry, and I'm really proud of my wounds now. I like having these wounds. They enable me to become an elder. And I take that role really seriously because there's not enough of us out there. Katie Elliott in episode two said, how many of us have got used to the idea idea that that we we should should suppress things, like we should suppress anger, we should suppress our sadness, you know, all this squashing down of things. But emotions don't just disappear because you squash them down. And even though it's counterintuitive, like actually allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling, naming what you're feeling, and and being compassionate, you know, for that is incredibly powerful, but it's kind of the opposite of what most of us grow up learning to do. Dan Richards in episode four said, looking back on it now, jumping forwards to today, yeah, I, I suppose, suppose it's meant to happen. It's the best way of looking at it. So like, I'm not, I'm not defined by my injury. I'm not defined by having one arm. I'm defined by how I choose to live my life and how I live my life in spite of what's happened to me. And actually losing the arm and shoulder... I suppose it's a gift, isn't it really? I look at it as a gift, the best thing that happened to me. Emily Roger in episode five said, feel that emotion, but how long are you going to stay in it? You know, and, and and I am like of, there's so many quotes of like, be positive, be whatever. And yeah, for sure. But also feel, like feelings are natural. Feelings are normal. They're meant to be felt. So that's why they're called feelings. Um yeah, and I, I just, I, I do, I think it's so important to feel those, but then I do think it is important to um, take control over your situation. There are a few things that we have control over in life, but we do have the control over how we react and respond to something. And um, in particular, how how we respond to ourselves. Trevor Griffiths in episode six says, there is hope. There is hope. There is something really beautiful underneath the ugliness of life. Underneath the trauma, there is healing. And Hannah Moja in episode seven says, I'm a lot more grateful, grateful for who I have in my life. And I try and be a lot more positive and try and see the positive in each situation. As cliche as it sounds, like we we could literally die any day. Like we are not guaranteed to wake up tomorrow at all why wait to do anything it doesn't matter where your sadness stems from whether you're alone whether the future you hoped for has collapsed around you whether the family you pictured hasn't panned out like you hoped whether you never found the career or job that fulfilled or paid what you wanted whether a family member died or a best friend was lost or physically you're not what you hoped or you lost something precious or you missed your home or you long to hear your first language around you or you miss who you once were. The list is endless, but ultimately we all share one thing in common, loss. And yes, it varies and your losses and hurts will not be exactly the same as the person next to you. But I will go as far as to say that everyone on this planet has a loss in them that hurts when it's pressed.
Everyone has an answer to the question, what is your biggest loss? Even though many people don't associate what they go through as a loss. But there's something else we all have. Choice. We have a choice as to how to act. It might not feel like it, but it's there. We might not want to face it, but it's there. We might fear it, but it's there. We might break down at the idea of the responsibility being in our hands, but it's there. C.S. Lewis in the Narnia book The Silver Chair says, Crying is alright in its way while it lasts. But you have to stop sooner or later, and then you still have to decide what to do. You have a choice to change your situation. All the best stories on this planet are about people who made hard choices, who chose to do something brave, vulnerable, scary, and counterintuitive to their heart or mind. Name a great film, a book, a story, a myth, a fairy tale. I bet there's a loss in there, and I bet it was a hard choice that turned it around. Easy choices aren't inspiring, because any of us can do that. That's not how heroes are made. So what are you going to choose to do today that will turn your story around?